Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Hey everyone, it's me and it's Kill Me Now and I'm Judy Gold and this is our new opening. Oh, what do you think, huh? Anyway, I just want to wish everyone a happy Hanukkah. I have had so much fun talking to Jake Cohen. I hope you enjoy part two. He is such a doll. Such a doll. Not a real person. A doll. So please enjoy. I know I did. Get his book. We'll get my book too. Uh, Jew-ish is his book. Yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians. We're all in trouble is my book. And it's a great Hanukkah gift. Enjoy part two. I love you. divorced before you came out, correct? Correct. And did you know they were going to get divorced? No, it was a complete shock. No was, fucking was, way! Yeah, no, no. Complete shock rocked our family. It was, oh, yeah, no, no. It was like, bad. you had no idea there were problems? No clue. We were like, oh, uh, we were a tight-knit family. Obviously, now as an adult looking back, 
there's so many things that were just like, were not like, uh, like it just w- wasn't healthy. Um, right. So many ways in the way that they were, they, they, yeah, they definitely brought out some of the, the lesser qualities in each other. Oh my God. That's crazy. Okay. So then, you know, you're gay when you're one, how old were you when you realized I'm a lesbian? Uh, I knew early, but it, it's, it, it didn't happen really until college until you have that opportunity with other. Well, I, yeah, I feel like on you when you're like, okay, we well, I didn't have any, this. well, I had guys hitting on me and I was like, Ugh. I feel like, you know, I knew in the, you know, something's different. And then at adolescence, when I start having crushes, then I'm like, oh, and then, you know, you know, inside, don't ever tell anyone cause your life exactly. will be over. Which is so horrible. So you come out, well, since your parents are divorced, who'd you come out to first? I came out to them both the same weekend. I was visiting home. I told my sister first. And then she was like, you have to tell them because I can't. All right. right. Selfish. Okay. Like you're, she made up an attack. You're so selfish. Everything's about her. Yeah. Telling me. And I want to keep the secret. Right. So you tell her and she's like, duh, or. She was just like, okay. Okay. I think then who do you go to next? My mother. It was actually, it was, I think it was my sister's birthday dinner because she okay. made about her. I'll make it about me. Right. Um, it was at this nice steakhouse on Long Island. We still go to. I told my mother. She obviously made it about her. Her first. What'd she say? Oh, of course I knew. It's like. A, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And then I told my father and he was, he was, then we had lunch the following day and everyone was so supportive and it was just like. Oh my God. That's so much like my story. <laughs> It's just like, it's just like, they're like, okay. Just like everyone's story. Okay. okay. That you are, you, re- I mean, I love that you know how lucky you are because yeah. there's so many kids. Um, truly, truly, truly. So you say after you came out, you felt more connected. I mean, you're only t- what, 28? I'll seven, be 28 seven? in December. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Ugh, I hate you. Because I've gotten this question so many, like, and I want to punch the people in the face. Um, are you more of a lesbian or are you more Jewish? And it's like, I am, let, being gay is who I love and being Jewish is who I am. You know? Yeah. That's how I think. It's how I talk. It's my hair. It's my, you know, it's everything about yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. But you said you felt more connected to your queerness than your Jewness. Yeah, in the, beginning, I, in the beginning, I think it, I think it came down to society. Right. If we look at 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 metropolitan areas, we look at mainstream identity politics. The idea of coming out, be out, be proud, like like right, wave that rainbow flag, yes, queen, all that that bullshit. Um, but with Judaism, it's like no, you better you better keep it keep it to shawl, like right. Don't put away that star. Do all these right. things. Like be Judaism is still considered something that you keep in the privacy of your home, in the privacy of a place of worship. But when you leave this home, you are just another white gentile walking right. around New York. Right. Not for and, me. But yes, that's why. Yeah, but that's but it's it, and a lot yes. of it was ingra- in, ingrained in fear because being in New York, oh, of course. Like, yeah, hold hands with your boyfriend. Walk down the street. You're going to be safe. But still, when it comes to Jewish, like, don't let them know you're Jewish just right, yet right, until right. you know that you're in a safe space. Right. Um, yeah, I was walking. ingrained. I was walking with my sister-in-law the other day. She's from, uh, she's from Arizona. I mean, she's not from Arizona, but she lives in Arizona. She's lived there for like 40 years. And 
I, we're walking on the Upper West Side, and I said, what's it like walking in a place where most of the people that pass by you are Jewish? And she's like, I know, it's crazy. It's like, it, you know, people don't realize that, you know, you do have to sort of hide your identity sometimes. I don't, because I... I'm out of my fucking mind, but no, you as you shouldn't. I, that's ne- what my, never. that's what I'm trying to change. We got to change right. that. That's Everyone's what I love. Proud of it, yeah. So you know, I always strive as a as a lezzy. I came out on stage because I had a child, my first child in '96. So I and I was like, I'm not like, what kind of person am I if I don't get on stage and talk about my family and what kind of yeah. message is that to my kids? You've said that you feel obligated to show the LGBTQ plus community that it's worth fighting for a normal life, that it's possible. And that is something I share with you that especially when I talk to kids like at the Hetrick Martin Institute or, you know, these kids who live in areas where you cannot be a gay. um, Look, you know, that's why to me it was so important to come out as a gay parent. Like I have it all. I, I am, I mean, I wasn't, we weren't allowed to get married, but I have a family. Uh, you know, we do the same shit you do, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I love you and representation is so important. So you meet Alex and uh, he's Iraqi and per- he's, well, Iraqi he, Persian he, Jewish. They're Iraqi Jew. Jews. Right. That grew up in and Iran. Persian. I know. I have a yeah. friend who, yes. Uh, oh, by the way, I just want to mention to everyone that Jake uh, graduated the Culinary Institute with a 3.75. Okay? <laughs> 3.75! I love it. Okay. I hate you. So here you are. How did you meet Alex? On FYI. Hinge, a dating app. Yes. I want, Someone I did that. To, I no, someone did that to me in the audience the other day. I was on stage and there were these two lesbies in the front and I go, oh, are you a couple? And do you call yourself lesbies? Because, you know, now it's like, yeah, you, you know, there's a hundred yeah, names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, yes, we're lesbies. I said, how'd you meet? And they said, Hinge, it's a dating app. And I go, I'm not that old. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know what a dating app about. is. <laughs> yeah, so we met on Hinge. Um, but it was okay. funny, seven years ago and Hinge is different now than it was then. Back then, you had to have a third, you had to have a hinge. So you had to have a third degree connection through Facebook. So you had to be a right. friend of a friend in order to right. match. Who was the mutual friend? It's funny. It's this guy. His name is Austin. We, neither of us had ever met him in person. He, right. Alex grew up in Florida and this, and he went to UF in his town. So he had, right. we both had friends who were trying to set us up with him. So we were right. Facebook friends, but neither of us had ever met him in person. Funny enough, oh, wow. fast forward to us dating and being in a serious relationship, I found out that Austin and his boyfriend lived in the city, invited them to Shabbat. They're now some of our best friends. We see them. Oh, Havana, yeah, yeah. everyone, get on the chair. Everything, everything, All right. Yeah. You meet Alex. He's a Mizrahi Jew. Yeah. You describe yourself as the book. Everyone has to get this fucking book. I'm not kidding. And this is a great Hanukkah present, along with my book. That's true. Oh my God, we should do a we'll do a we bundle do, deal. Yes, let's do a bundle deal about free speech, and it's very Jewish. My book, yes, I can't I say love that. It. I love. Um, so you meet Alex, and he is 
you're you describe yourself as being Jewish, which is why you know. And I love th- that you expand on the ishness of uh, yes. you know how everyone uses ish, and it really is from us, from the Jews. It the yeah. origin is Jewish. It's true. Um. And- so you realize that he's not like he's done nothing Jewish in his life. Like he's just Correct. he's a Jew, but he's not. You know, he doesn't. It's very similar. We see so many things in terms of even the history of the ish in America. Right. A lot of it comes from the inherited trauma of when you go through these traumatic things. A lot of right. people turn to, to becoming more secular. And his, I mean, Iraqi Jews were there. They were kicked out of Iraq in 1950. So it was his grandparents' generation. His mother grew up in Iran, between Iran and Israel. And right. they were kicked out during the revolution. Right. And when you go through so much war and strife and, and having to re pick up the pieces and rebuild so many times, it's understandable. Um, however, it all comes down to who they marry. So a lot of his right. mother's cousins have married Persian Jews and they're typically a little bit right. more Orthodox. So right. his cousins grew up with a more traditional Jewish upbringing. Him and his sister had a very, very secular uh, you know what's so funny? I have my friend Ruth, who's a uh, Persian Jew, and she married an Ashkenazi Jew, and it was yeah. like she married, you know, the Pope. A boy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> truly, you know, truly. and it's like, it's such a whole other. So, food-wise, he had never heard of babka or gefilte fish. Never. never. I'll mean, never forget, a few weeks into dating, I had the flu, and he's like, what can I do? What can I get? Oh, my God. I love like, him. And I'm like, I need matzo ball soup. I need chicken soup immediately. He was like, where do I get it from? He had no oh idea. Oh, my God. Like, we lived around the corner from Sarge's. So luckily he found, right. he found it and, and and got me a bunch. And it became like our, our tradition then to go to Sarge's. But it, it was so funny because I was so shocked. Like, how can you not know what babka is? How can you have never right. had matzo ball soup? Right. And he just shot back with like all of the, the dishes he grew up for the same rituals, same holidays that I had never heard of. Most people have never heard of Kubva. Most people have right. never heard of Tadi. Most people have right. never heard of any of these things that are so integral to the Jewish ritual of other Jews. And right. we live in America, which is when we think about our representation, it comes down to Larry David. Like it's it, right, if, right. If he hasn't set the groundwork of what Judaism is in America. That's it. There's no right. looking outside of it. Any other description of Judaism is in Israel. It's like the right. Faudas. It's the the. It's, right. it's not American. In America, we all eat matzo ball soup. Right, right. Not the truth. Right, and everyone does. Like and bagels, and you know, bagel. That's my biggest. My biggest thing that I'm trying to fight for is that America needs to know that bagels are Jewish food. And, right. And, it's not just like a thing. How did and they people, not know that? You know, because they don't say. No one says any. No one likes to say any anything to Judaism. Seinfeld. Seinfeld's one of the most Jewish shows ever. Oh, they don't I, never, Jewish. never mention it. Never they mention never it. Never mention it. it. It kills. Same with Goldberg's. Goldberg's. I have a big, big pet peeve with Goldberg's. Right. Too. Such a. It's I am so sick of it. Right. Uh, it's it's really and you know as a comic I was constantly told through the eighties and nineties. You're too Jewish. You're too Jewish. Until I finally said, "That's who I the. That's who I am." That's it. Like you're. It. I'm not too Jewish. You hate yourself. Yeah, it's so interesting. Seinfeld. They never mention being Jewish. Larry David on Curb. Like you know, it's all Jews. We we're entertaining. Yeah. 
Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces, but I live in an apartment and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. You you talk about how emotional it it makes you when you talk about your connection to Judaism, and it's so like I the same, the it's, same. Yeah, like, like, a lot of crying, a lot of crying, a lot of crying, and also like when I I know you don't like shul, um, you don't go to synagogue. Um, I do. We do high holiday. You find the right one. We do right. central uh, for so, the high holidays. And oh, beautiful. all right. You got to come. Will you come to B'nai Jeshurun with me and we can oh. go out for sure? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Be, yeah. It's all music and dancing. You would love it. Anyway. It reminds me of that. There's that episode of Difficult People where they yeah. have um, with uh, Sandra Bernhardt where they have like yeah. a group of, of young Jewish right. uh, writers and they all go to shul together. And yeah. that's, their, that's their networking. You talk about how you can be Jewish without doing all this, you know, but okay. I just want to, I'm going to preface this with, I grew up in a very observant home and we, even though we all couldn't stand each other, we did Shabbat every Friday night. Um, mm. and we were kosher and we, my mother made a sukkah. I mean, it was very Jewy. Okay. Every Friday night, and I couldn't wait for the challah. And then my grandmother would come on Friday and, you know, chicken, the whole thing. And then we'd go to synagogue and they would have dessert. All I wanted was the brownies. Anyway, when I had my kids and I grew, I moved to this building and my neighbors are Orthodox and they had Shabbat dinner every Friday. And we just started having Shabbat dinner every Friday night. 
And it became, and it, it was how I grew up, but it wasn't as fun when I grew up because it was just us. But, you know, Marjorie, my neighbor, we would go over there, everyone would cook something, um, and we'd invite people. And it was, I looked forward, that was my favorite night of the week. You just yeah. stop, just stop. Yeah. And for my kids growing up in this house where like, Mommy's going away, mama's going away, you know, traveling, mama, mommy works at night, mama works during the day, you know, for them to know exactly what was happening on one night of the week uh, was so important. And I learned to love Shabbat. And if you watch our celebrity wife swap, we have Shabbat dinner um, in my tiny apartment. Um, Wait, who did you, who did you swap? Oh God, please. Elisa and I swapped with Penn Gillette and his wife, Emily. Wow. And Penn, and they are like atheist beyond, like so anti-religion. Emily grew up Jewish, by the way. Is is Penn Gillette uh, like a Jew by by heritage? No, no, his wife is. Okay. So Elisa tried to do the Shabbat dinner with them and she, it was horrible. She felt terrible. (laughs) And then- you know, Emily, we're sitting here on the Upper West Side with my neighbors and all, you know, we're all just drinking and doing the prayers and she wouldn't participate in the prayers or anything. But, you know, I love that you have the prayers in the book. But, you know, I realized that Shabbat dinner is such a bit and I even pitched a show. I pitched a show to the Food Network that where we would have Shabbat dinner from different parts of the world and invite different people. Well... Let's see if we can get that back off the ground because that's exactly everything I do. I think too often people take it at face value of like, oh, this is, they think that we're, we're rapping to fill in and davening. Right. Fuck. Even the, the concept of the, of the prayers and why I put them in the book. I love it. And you do alternate prayers. Alternate prayers, but also explaining the reason why. Right. And that's the most important thing is so much of Judaism is just like, rote memory of things that were like sleeper cells where all of a sudden you start singing like the shaman. Right. Right. It's like, I know. And you don't forget it. But when you start to understand the, why we do these things, why we say a prayer for wine, why for candles, why for challah, you start to, to realize that everything in Judaism is tied to some type of moral or ethical. Right. Helps you be a better person, a better community member. Takun alam, heal the world. Exactly. And when you separate, obviously, organized religion has a lot of issues. Lots and lots of issues. But when you start to break down the meanings behind everything, you're able to be a little bit more selective in what you want to keep into your home, into your celebration of identity. And Shabbat is the biggest, biggest, biggest thing that everyone needs. I think in a, one of the best comparisons I ever got is it's like yoga. Yoga was a Hindi practice and now everyone does because it's right. Right. Shabbat is the same way. And we, we, we would invite non-Jews to Shabbat. They, they loved it. They love it. Let's do it. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Anyway, we're talk, actually, this is a this we we got offline about something else, but there's something in the works that I need to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you fall in love with Shabbat, and you decide with Alex we're gonna have Shabbat, which I fucking love. And this is the part of the podcast where I'll probably cry. I just love, you know. I often 
think about how you can learn history through art. You know, like you don't have to take a history class where it's just factual. You know, I was a music major. I learned a lot about history through my music history class. People learn a lot about what was going on in the world through their art history class. Jewish food, you say, is constantly evolving. And the fact this book is so amazing because the history of the Jews is is in that fucking food that we were kicked out of here that and we went here and we used those herbs and then we got kicked out of here and we moved over here and we used that meat and then we got you know and Jewish food is is so much about fleeing persecution it's fascinating because it it people love a monolith people love like when they hear a dish they're like this is the only way you make it, and this is the country it comes from, and it's very simple to understand. And Jewish food is so complicated because there's so many layers. And my favorite part of all of this is what does it mean in the context of America, where we all are? And it's it's actually coming up right now because I'm applying. There's some some there's a big kind of cookbook award thing that I'm nominating for, and they have the, these categories, and one is American, and one is international and something that's come up is what is jewish food what is jewish food when it is this this combination of international cuisines that has shifted through the context of the american food complex right things like kasha kasha varnishkas right that's that's a european dish but guess what they didn't have bow tie box pasta right exactly it was handmade noodles and now we talk about the way it evolved here same thing with brisket People talk about the regional differences of they're adding ketchup, they're adding Coke, they're adding Lipton soup mix. Right. All of these things that are so American that get involved in what our celebration of all these foods are for all of these rituals are. Right. Deli culture, appetizing culture, it's all rooted in foreign dishes evolving in America. And that's only continuing. And I think it's Something that I love, 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 but more so than that is how broad the diaspora is. Right. And another thing, diaspora. Everyone loves the word diaspora today. Right. Diaspora with a capital D, guess right. what? It's true. Right. Right. That's that's just like ghetto. Like there's so many things that are so lost into the origins of it working with Jewish persecution. Right. And we don't spend enough time talking about the the foods and the rituals of Jewish communities across the world. And that's what we got it. We got to do. We got to. I know that's what I pitched, and they were like, "Uh, "You're a lesbian and a Jew." Um, you know. Let's be clear. It's like there's there. It's they're they're coming out with like a Christmas movie. They're right now. Oh, it's it's like there's eight thousand Christmas right. Christmas. Uh, there's so our food is so interesting. That's the thing. Also. You know, you think of Passover, you think of Passover, which matzah is from fleeing persecution. It's unleavened bread. We didn't have time. And then all the recipes that came with that, the idea, like a lot of people don't know, Hanukkah, it's about, it's not a major holiday, guys, and it's not Jewish Christmas, but Hanukkah, like the fact that all our holidays have food associated with it. So Hanukkah... 
you know, Judah Maccabee, the temple was destroyed. He gets back in there. There's enough of oil uh, in the candelabra for one day, and the oil lasts for eight days. The candelabra stays left for eight days, which is why we light the candles. But do you know what else we do, fuckheads? We eat fried food, oil, 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 oil. You know, but this is something that I, I get angry about with publications, television shows. Right. That come on, come on our show, make us a thing for Hanukkah. But they actually don't want to talk about it. They don't right. want to talk about. It. They want like, oh, fried food and a little yum yum. Right, rock right, food. right. And I make it very clear, like, guess what? Hanukkah is a celebration of rebellion. It's a celebration of a moment in history in which Judaism was outlawed and we fought for our right to exist. Right. And this context of the miracle and and the oil, all this stuff. It's beautiful and the latkes and the donuts, that's great. But if you are not calling attention to the fact that the reason we celebrate it is to remind ourselves of times in which we were not allowed to be ourselves be right. and we have to fight for our right to exist constantly in perpetuity, right. then you've missed the whole point of, of right. why we celebrate. Right. And same with, with Passover. Come and exactly. do a Passover thing. And and what I have to tell you the story. So I did... Uh, I did chopped all stars, right? <laughs> Shut up. I love how I love how you're 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 so involved in Food Network. I, I was. Now they I don't know what happened. Anyway, so I go, I go, I'm involved with um I I mean involved. I'm I'm doing um chopped all stars. And the first thing we do the and by the way, like I guess maybe four weeks before I was cutting an avocado. My mother was annoying me on the phone and the kids oh, were right. fucking and my kids are like, I'm in Chicago. And I, my neighbor had come in and taken one of the avocados. And my mother's like, it was, I remember it was Easter Sunday and she was like, don't come visit me. I don't want to see you today, which meant <laughs> please come, you know? And I was like, oh my God. And the kids are like, can you make avocado and like an, um, scrambled eggs with avocado and a burrito? And I'm like, oh my God. And then I go to get the avocado and my neighbor took it. And then I get another message from my mother's like, seriously, don't. And I take the knife <laughs> oh, to get the pit out of the avocado. Oh. And instead of going like that, I go like that. It slips. So I have like, it's all tingly. I have like hardly any feeling here. Oh my God. And that happened like a month before I did it. So, so I do the, um, so the first thing, the appetizers are, it's me, Layla Ali, who's obviously going to win. What's his name from, uh, in sync. Oh fuck. Lance Bass? No, the other um uh Joey Fatone. Yes. Um, who owns a restaurant. And then uh what's his name? Oh my god, this is so menopausal. Um, you know, gay figure skater does all the um Johnny um, Weir. Yes! Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. I love I, I love we should do we'll we'll do celebrity pyramid. Okay. And so we have first box is chicken cutlets. Kuji Kang, Kuji Kong, like Korean spice. Gochujang. Uh, yeah, whatever. Gochujang. Avocado, which I was like, great. Fucking <laughs> avocado. And uh, vanilla cupcakes. I know. So I make, I grill the, the chicken. And then I make, uh, I make uh, guacamole with the Jujijang, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot about the fucking cupcakes, which I now think I should have taken the frosting of the cupcake and put it in the guacamole to make it a little sweeter. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and instead, I was like, fuck, 
I'm going to make like a crust for the chicken with the cupcake crumbs. Cupcake, cupcake crumbs. Well, I did that. I cooked everything and I put it on the plate and I, it looked like shit on the plate. <laughs> and then Johnny Weir, who's like, before the show was like, I don't, I never cook. I don't know anything. Anyway, he, he doesn't even season his chicken breasts. He, he's just like, but his plate, he got flowers. He had nice lettuce. Like his plate looked gorgeous, right? Just fucking gorgeous. And I fucking lost on presentation. And, oh my and, God. And, and it was so awful. But in the next bin, I, I get, you know, then they sh- shuffle you away. You just want to cry because it takes forever for them to tell you you fucking lost. And the next bin had matzah in it. So I, they oh. thought I was going to win and go into the next round. And I would have made matzah bride, but fuck it. Okay, so that's my matzah story. Hey, everyone. You know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of Liquid IV. Because I love Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer and I had a delicious lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra, that has a little green tea in it. And so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And you know, it's getting warmer out. And what does that mean? Summer. God, please come. It can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what Liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor, and I love them, and they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, I can't speak, turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JUDYGOLD at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. First of all, I love that you, your Judaism, you love the history and you love the community. I love all of your messages. I feel like I know you. Um, I'm just going to go over a couple things before we end. Scallion cream cheese. Always. Always. You cannot get fucking regular cream cheese on a bagel. Yeah. I think 
And I, I'm like a big believer in, in if you are having people over and you only have one type of cream cheese. No, you, no. Like, oh, that's so goyish. Like you gotta, I have, know. you gotta have a, a variety. Okay. I just have to say my brother had a brunch after his daughter's wedding last weekend. And um, this is, they're not food people, which is like, I don't know how you're not food people in my fucking, the house I grew up in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he had a whole bunch of cream cheeses, tuna salad, an egg salad. And no bagels. What? He had like artisan bread. I'm like, no! And where's the herring, you fuck? <laughs> You're a, this is a Jewish wedding. Okay. Oh my God. Shakshuka. Yes. Love. Love. This stuff, this is Jewish food that is not Ashkenazi European where everyone would think. Um, Correct. Rogalach. Evelyn Offner. Oh. <laughs> Literally one of my mom's clients because like she, my mom has been their vet forever. And right. She, she makes the best regular. She always bring an aluminum tray and they were like layered with plastic wrap in these things. Where you had to like, it was like a scavenger hunt to get right. them out. It was so tightly wrapped. And she would bring it to us and to keep in the freezer. Cause she makes them so far in advance. Right. Save them freezer. For oh, there's so much free. Can, all right. Everything. Before, Every event every, I do, the first question, can I freeze this? Yes. That's all they want to do. We had another freezer in the basement. It was Poor, stuffed cabbage. We had a chest freezer. Right. Stuffed cabbage, uh, brisket, uh, everything. And I, I swear, you know, now I know it's because, oh, my God, what if they come to, you know, to take us and we have my, to. My grandmother, she had canned food in her trunk at yes. all times just in case. Right. This is shit we need to talk about. Okay. So I just want to say that the Jews have survived. But one of the most poignant things that you say is that these recipes survived. That as we were fleeing persecution, as we've talked a lot about, and fuck you if you're sick of it. Okay. You should learn mm -hmm. from our still being here. These recipes survived. Yeah. I mean, and food is, I mean, to me, that is the most beautiful thing. Like, you might not have the the um, possessions that you Correct. left, but you have, and it definitely joins you into your, you know what I mean? It, it connects you to the past. And I love your book so much. Oh, um, okay. By the way, I, yeah. but I think people people just gravitate towards figures that they connect with, and we right. talk about representation. And so much of that comes down to the arts, media, ways that that you want to see yourself in ways that I hadn't before. I hadn't seen many Jewish cookbooks that were right. flashy and beautiful and right. treated like like any other mainstream cuisine. In the same way that like you're talking about your comedy or shows on TV and right. it's not so often that you're able to have that free range of not being told, like scale it back. Let's uh, right, right, we're, right. We're not doing a Yentl remake here. Right. Yentl. I love that. Um, who, who are your food heroes? And then I have two questions for you. Ina, Ina. I just think she I is love her. the ultimate, I love her. just everything about her. It, it's so, it's so fuss free. She and her focus is on is on hospitality. It really right. it's rooted in Jewish value of 
of not being stressed, but making sure that you're creating an experience for those you love. Right. Are we going to have Shabbat dinner together? Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. We are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thousand. Yeah. Okay. I ask my podcast guests two things every podcast. Okay. Number one, we're very pro mental health. And as you know, being a J, um, we have a lot of anxiety, depression, ADD, uh, which again, I believe is generation to generation, Lador Vador, trauma, trauma, trauma. Uh, so what do you do for your mental health? I smoke a lot of weed, lots and lots of weed. I think that's one of the most important things. We actually You've got to a- do an edible cookbook. So we, we, we have talked about that a lot in the sense of, I don't believe in making, like infusing weed into your food. I want to be high and then eat. Yes, so like I'm the same way. Like, so, and I go to LA, I just get all the gummies. I love edibles. Love edibles. Yeah, I know. But there's nothing worse than, than you see these fancy things like, oh, and I infuse it into your appetizer and your entree. So great, you're going to eat this meal and then go home and an hour later, you're going to be starving. Right, right. That's true. That's true. Okay. But it's lots of weed, lots of exercise. I find that's Same. very important. Yes. Uh, and Shabbat, I do find an incredible thing of mental health of being able to separate, especially being in New York, being in a world of, of capitalism in which it's like next thing, more, right. more to have like moments to be like, everything can wait. Right. Super important. And last but not least, I, when it gets too much, I go in and out of therapy as I, yes, I, I love therapy. Woo. Okay, so I call the podcast Kill Me Now because I get so annoyed at so many things. And I'm always like, oh, my God, kill me now. I can't stand this. Um, What pisses you off more than anything in the entire world? It's so – people who find the Big Bang Theory funny. It's. I think there's this level of – I don't know. It's it's when when it's this over – kind of rose-colored lens of the world and life right. and humor and comedy. And if it doesn't have this 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 air of darkness in it, to right. me, it's completely unrelatable. And I want Right, right, right. That. Oh, that's so great. I love that. I love that. It's true. And, you know, facts. They're called facts, asshole. The other... You know what's annoying me now, too, is... Um, which I think I saved this for you, because... So many people are getting their DNA done and then telling me they're like 4% Jewish. And that's it. All of a sudden. And it's like, get, and I'm like, you hate Jews. And the other thing is, <laughs> you know, if you're going to call yourself a Jew, this is my, I, I'm actually trying to talk about this on stage. Like, what kind of bagel do you get? Do you get like a fucking blueberry bagel? Cause you're not Jewish. If you don't, you, you, know, you know what I mean? I also think that we, we the main thing that's been pissing me off more than anything, and I'm sure this is we can scream at each other into the void for for days. But we look at social justice movements and this kind of push on social for inclusivity and fighting for for all these marginalized communities, and not seeing anyone show up for Jews ever, oh, ever, ever, especially. And we are. Right. We are there for all of you. You know, we started the NAACP. You know, we got... We We wrote all the Christmas songs. I know, exactly. I do a whole thing, you know, uh, Jew, uh, all for the seven days or eight days of Christmas, whatever the fuck, seven days of Christmas I do, like, written by a Jew. 
I fucking love you. Please, everyone. I don't know why I'm holding it up when it's a fucking podcast, but go out, <laughs> go out and get Jewish for everyone for Christmas and Hanukkah. It's just, I mean, the fucking cover. I just want to fucking eat everything. You look how cute you are. Look how fucking cute. I had to fight for that picture, but yes, I love. Um, it. make challah. Make your sabiche bagel sandwiches. Make shashuka ala vodka. It's just so, it's so good and it's so rooted in history and all parts of the world. Oh, I love your latkes. The chicken schnitzel fingers. Mm-hmm. You think we didn't fucking invent chicken nuggets, you fuckheads? <laughs> um, I, I, I really, I need you. You're so much a part of my life. Like you can ask Elisa. It's like, I'm like, I have, I have, shut up. I'm watching his, because the way you do your recipes on uh, Instagram and TikTok, uh-huh. it's like, wait, okay. I got to watch it again. 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 Um, and, it, and the way you do it, it's like, you just have to do this and then this and then this and this, and then that's it. And then it's great. And then you eat. I love you. That's it. Every, it's, everything's easy. It's all easy. Everyone's going to love to cook. Everyone's going to learn to cook. It's all going to be great. You are uh, the next hope. Uh, you are going to be such a fucking icon. And I just wish you only the best and keep up the good work. And I want to work with you because I fucking love you. I feel like you're my, you know, came out of my fucking. <laughs> Aren't you tall too? I'm six four. I'm you have, you have tall Jewish sons. I'm six two. Oh my God. Oh, this is wow. perfect. Oh my God, I can love you so much. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. I mean, you, but you did have, you might have had straight boys, but like, I also think that having two tall Jewish straight sons. Yes. Is kind, it's kind, One of them six, of, seven. Shut the fuck up. Yes. Crazy. Yes. Wow. That's kind yeah. of iconic. That's yeah. iconic. Yeah, he plays basketball. But you know what um, it is? It's, it's good for the Jews. Yes. It's good for the Jews. Oh my God, I love you. Thank you so much. Truly an honor, an honor and a privilege. Oh my God. All right. That's it, folks. Go fuck yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one and only Jake Cohen. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Jo Sowards. Please make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Please, five stars. It helps more people find the podcast and then I can keep doing the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Uh, It's Hanukkah, as I said in the beginning. You can buy my book, Yes, I Can Say That When They Come For The Comedians, We're All In Trouble, as a great Hanukkah gift. That's me trying to do Israeli accent. It doesn't work. You can buy Jake's book, Jew-ish. You can get a cameo. You can get a cameo where I'll say Happy Hanukkah. What? There's so much to do. You know, I'm here for you. So there you go. I love you all. Thank you. Uh, and please, I got my booster. You need to get your booster. It's very important. I didn't have any symptoms except my arm hurt. And I was a little tired, but I'm always tired because I'm old. Listen, be well, be safe, and laugh because that's the most important thing. And as we always say, so long!
Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.